Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number special edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. There's a concept that we have at Galileo, we call it fail forward. Mm. And, um, you know, when you think about failure, um, one way to think about not getting stuck in what could be the negativity of it is to think about um, failing, but going forward with it in, in a way of how can I take this and potentially make it not a failure? Um, how do I try again? Hello, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctorate in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of the Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, I have Annie Appel, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Galileo Learning, where she is responsible for all programs related to sales, marketing, and revenue. Annie is a vibrant and energizing leader who strives to create a workplace culture where teams can balance creativity with bottom line results. Annie was named Top 40 Under 40 in the East Bay Business Times and received the Distinguished Leader Award from the Bay Club Company. Annie is a contributor to Huffington Post and is a board member member of the San Francisco Hotel Council. Wow, Annie, so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And I know today we're going to be talking about leadership, um, which is something I think very near and dear to my heart, um, because as a mom and as a um, businesswoman and just all, all, the, all the hats that I wear, all the titles that I have, leadership always seems to come so much into play with everything I do. And it's definitely something as a parent that I want to uh, engage with my children, you know, teach them to be a leader, um, you know, and just the importance of having having those leadership skills. So I'm so glad we're going to get your expertise today and talk a little bit more about that and dive into what that actually looks like for other parents listening. Yeah, really looking forward to it. It's also near and dear to my heart. Yes, absolutely. It's so important too, really. Um, so I want to start and just asking you your thoughts on what values do you believe makes a good leader? Yeah, this is a great question. And, you know, I, I want to um, start with, too, I, I think all of this starts at home. Um, you know, being a, gr- a good leader is not something uh, often that's, you know, learned successfully just in adulthood. And so as we look at our children and instilling values in them, um, I look at, you know, being able to have, um, you know, being helping them be visionary, um, being able to be, you know, courageous, um, you know, the ability to kind of be open to taking risks. Um, and, you know, also a key um, component of leadership is really, you know, valuing collaboration and communication. Um, gosh, communication is so critical in leadership. And so, um, you know, all of those things, especially as a mom, I'm a mom of three boys myself, you know, I think about those in our household on a regular basis. And, um, not only being a leader, but also just being, you know, a good positive part of the community. How can I instill those into our everyday um, happenings? 
Exactly. And I, I 100% agree. Um, such great value-based, um, you know, ways to, to, to look at leadership. Um, communication, I think, is so critical when it comes to that. But I know as a mom, and you are too, and for all the parents out there listening, you know, where do we start, though? Where can parents help their kids be better leaders? Where, sh- If it starts at home, what should we be doing or what can we be doing to help our kids learn leadership and become leaders themselves? Yeah, I think a great example of that at home is really giving kids an opportunity to have, you know, responsibility, right? And the, that idea of like, as the person responsible for the project or the activity or, you know, the room um, that you can, you know, experience success, um, but also be able to experience, you know, potentially failure, but in such a safe place versus, you know, experiencing failure outside of the home Um, and instilling, you know, the idea that, you know, if you were able to, you know, take on, you know, classic chores, right? And, you know, here's, there's five ways this chore can get done. Some of it could be like gathering siblings if they're available or, you know, to help with it. It could be an independent project. But when parents can provide a lens, and I granted, I totally understand this takes energy sometimes we don't all have as parents. Sure. But when you can provide the lens of, you know, you did, this was great. And, you know, being able to really like show, like, look at, you know, the progress you made or didn't quite get there, but also help them understand that that is going to happen. That's going to be a part of like, you know, it's going to be a part of school. It'll be a part of sports, other extracurricular activities. And then also you're not going to get a gold star every day at work. And so under, you know, being able to be comfortable with that versus expecting like it's always perfect, I think is a, is a really good way to start at home and it can be small, you know, to large activities. Um, but ultimately um, provides that base for leadership and understanding like their, their great sense of self, you know, confidence, right? Good leaders have a lot of confidence in themselves and helping our children create that confidence early is very powerful. Absolutely. And I'm all about early intervention and, uh, you know, that confidence piece, I think, and also being confident in failure. Like you said, like not every day you're going to get a gold star at school or work or always get that award. Um, But to have that growth mindset to, you know, say, well, I didn't get one today, but maybe I'll get one tomorrow. Or I haven't conquered that yet, but I will. Or, you know, whether it's a math problem or whatever the case may be. But to instill that growth mindset um, and then, you know, as you mentioned uh, so eloquently of, you know, being okay with things not being perfect, being okay with not, um, you know, uh, succeeding at everything, like being comfortable and confident in the failures just as much as you are with the successes, I think is such a key point uh, for parents to remember and also try and instill, even with ourselves, even the role modeling I think we do as parents to be okay with that. You know, I feel like sometimes you know, whether it's here or, you know, on my Instagram or on my blogs, you know, I talk about, um, you know, how parents can help their kids do this and that. (laughs) But then I always go back and say, but what are the parents doing? Because they're role modeling those things too. And if a parent isn't comfortable in, you know, their confidence level and failing and, you know, perfectionism and all that, then the child probably won't. Even if you teach them that that's the way it should be. um, But we have to kind of walk in those shoes too and also show that leadership skills, I think, as a parent as well. Would, would you agree with that? Or do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. And there's there's a concept that we have at Galileo, we call it fail forward. 
Mm. And, um, you know, when you think about failure, um, one way to think about not getting stuck in what could be the negativity of it is to think about um, failing, but going forward with it in, in a way of how can I take this and potentially make it not a failure? Um, how do I try again? Um, and it really speaks to the idea that um, there's going to be many times when um, you could have a failure, you know, one, two, or three, you know, your first opportunities. Um, but at that fourth time, you're successful. And um, to your point, when parents, you know, we in our everyday lives have moments that are setbacks. Um, and I think the opportunity to talk to your kids about like, I, you know, this didn't go my way today, but I've thought about it. And this is what I'm going to try tomorrow helps them recognize like, oh, okay, uh, it doesn't have to be perfect, but really the idea behind it is this, you know, you know, a little bit of grit, right? The, the grittiness that sometimes kids need to see and understanding like it's not picture perfect um, really helps later in life with leadership skills. Absolutely. So what do we do? Um, you know, and you have three, I have two, and they, they, they all have very different personalities. You know, both of my kids have very different personalities. Um, you know, one's a little bit more of a go-getter than the other. So, you know, for the parents listening out there, uh, what do you, how do you think parents can encourage their kids to be a leader and maybe even to take charge about something they're passionate about, um, especially if, if they don't have that confidence yet, if they may be more on the shy side or not really sure what direction or what they're even passionate about? Um, how can a parent support their child and encourage them to take charge of something, you know, maybe lead a volunteer group in the neighborhood or, or something like that? Um, what, do you, what do you suggest for that? Um, well, it's always easier with the ones that have that, you know, let's get up and go, right? I have yes. um, two of those and I have one that needs a little bit more nudging, yes. um, as I like to say. And so, you know what, I, I um, really try and find um, with, and I'll start with the kids that aren't just so inclined to go out and just, you know, natural born leaders. Um, my, you know, tactic has been um, that the creating opportunities um, for, to expose for, you know, different experiences and, and in the sense of like really trying to get that child to, you know, have a moment of like an aha moment, right? So is right. it, you know, if you've got two brothers and they're very into sports, you know, do we pivot and we look at, you know, music or animals or, um, you know, something that you're really tactile and want to work with your hands and, I have found in my own experience, you know, that um, some really small moments, um, you know, under, you know, uh, having the experience of, you know, meeting horses and recognizing like there's a connection there for a child that is, you know, shy and less inclined can really open that door to, I did that great, you know, and yeah. I had that moment. And as a parent, if you can be mindful of that, right? Like mindful of that moment of like, okay, this for them built that little bit of confidence and they feel, you know, more comfortable. And sometimes it's just scaling down. You know, sometimes it's just not having to go big and have a big, a big project, but having many small moments that are helping to build that confidence and that good sense of self to then create a voice that's their own unique voice um, can be very successful. Yes. Oh gosh, you said that so beautifully, <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. Um, I love that, and I, I love that um, you know that 
just finding their voice, finding that niche, um, I think is so important. And it could be different. And it may not be something that they even expect until they try it for the first time, um, where they may not even know until they experiment on a couple different things and then finally find what they're passionate about. So which could be, you know, a lot of um, trial and error, um, which I think is really healthy for kids too to try all sorts of activities to see what really um, sticks with them and, you know, how they can, how they can grow those leadership skills and whatnot. So but I know you've been mentioning camp and uh, my kids have been to Gal- Galileo camps before and we love them. Uh, we went last summer for the first time and we cannot wait to go back this summer. My kids are already asking, when do we get to go to camp again? And they <laughs> they bring it up all the time. Um, so I'm a big fan um, and for many reasons. Um, and I want to talk today a little bit about how Galileo um, opens up those doors for kids um, and how you know they, they teach and uh, encourage leadership at camp. So um, so how does Galileo Camps um, help teach kids leadership skills um, when they're at camp? What are some things you do? Well, this is our sweet spot. So this is really fun to talk about. And, and what I want to say even to open this up is um, I think that what Galileo is bringing forward for children right now, especially coming out of you know kids having to have been isolated and not having these like normal experiences you know, in that pre-K through middle school age group is really going to be important as they are relearning some skills, right? Two years of, of not having the, the most normal interactions really means for a lot of kids like, okay, I've got to figure this out and how to be social again and find my voice again. And so Galileo's curriculum is based on something that we call the innovator's mindset. And there are five core platforms for the innovator's mindset. And they are be visionary, be courageous, be collaborative, be determined, and be reflective. And as I, you know, look at these five mindsets and I think about my own leadership experience, you know, in the last 25 years of my career, all of these were core tenets of what I needed to be a strong leader and skills that I had to work on growing and strengthening in myself, especially as I began to lead larger teams with more complicated projects and bigger responsibilities. Um, yeah, and absolutely. so the the focus at camp is, you know, to help children have an innovator's mindset. Um, and to be able to, you know, be, it's not necessarily just about, you know, the test, the math, the science, the reading, all very important core components of our children's experience, but also kind of being able to engage both sides of the brain and add some of that design mindset, some of that creativity to what they're seeing in the world. Right. Um, and so, you know, as we've really done, you know, uh, we continue to do a research, you know, the team at Galileo is highly committed to this curriculum. And, you know, one thing I'd like to share that I you know, came out of uh, a quote from the Brookings community, their community of fellows um, that are focused on education. And one of the senior fellows, Kathy Hirsch Pasek, had a quote recently about um, students. And she says, Students who can work collaboratively with strong communication skills, critical thinking, and creative innovation will be highly valued. Mission statements from around the globe are starting to promote a whole child approach to education that will encourage the learning of a breadth of skills 
better aligning the education sector with the needs from the business sector. And what really strikes me about that is that it speaks directly to the work that kids get to experience at Galileo with all of the projects and the curriculum, but layered on with fun and, you know, having a really great camp day. Yes. Yes. What a great quote, by the way. <laughs> that It's just a very powerful quote. And and, and being a mom who has had their um, kids go to Galileo camps in the past um, and will go again this year, uh, I'm sure my kids, I mean, it's, it's pre-K through 10th grade, correct? Um, That's correct. So my kids are still pretty little, so I know they'll be having lots and lots of years to come um, to to go and have fun, to to get educated, and to learn these leadership skills um, and the, these the, the the mindset that you that you teach there. Um, but what a great co- quote that just encapsulates, um, I think, what Galileo Camps is really all about, you know, and what you teach and what they learn, and um, yeah, just they they just go so well together. So thank you for sharing that. So. So you told us how how you teach um, leadership skills at camp, um, and I want to know about what opportunities the kids will actually get at camp and how that leaders those leadership skills are encouraged. But before I do, we're going to take a really quick break. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Okay, so we already talked about how Galileo camps teach kids leadership skills through your innovator's mindset and so forth. Um, But what opportunities will kids actually get while they're at camp to practice those leadership skills in in real life? You know, as you said, that we've kind of been uh, isolated and at home for, you know, one to two years, depending on where where the kids are living. Um, And, you know, now they're going to be out and they're sometimes learning these skills for the first time. So obviously practicing those leadership skills. We can teach all we want, but that's obviously more theoretical. But hands-on, you know, experiential learning, I feel, comes from those real-life experiences. So um, if you have an example or two of uh, how those kids can learn, uh, sorry, not learn, but uh, practice those leadership skills at Galileo Camps, um, if you can share a little bit about that, that would be wonderful. Yeah, so the, you know, camp, in addition to being so much fun, you know, you arrive and you get to run through the fun machine. And um, when I was at camp last summer, I, you know, made a lanyard and got to do the classic, attached it to my jeans and, you know, all of the great, you know, classic traditional camp experiences. Um, The curriculum includes projects um, that are really, you know, focused not only on, you know, the idea of, this is going to be a project and there are many ways that this project can be completed, right? So um, not telling somebody how to do it step-by-step, encouraging them to find their own way that they think is going to be successful. Also understanding that along the way, we may fail forward and and start our project over, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to complete it successfully. 
Um, in addition to you know not giving step-by-step -step instructions, we also group um, the kids, and so you find that it's you know in the groups they're practicing their collaboration. Uh, you know, being able to have teamwork and, and, you know, who's, you know, listening to people's ideas and collaborating on it and then coming up with a, okay, here's our team strategy, which as we all know in the working world happens all the time, you know, kind of coming together, everybody has an idea. How do we make sure that we all feel good about what the idea is and move forward as a group? And so that would be two main ways that kids are, you know, really understanding some key leadership skills. And I think the cool part about it is that they don't even know that that's what's happening. What they're yeah. doing is like, I'm building an amusement park ride right now. And this is amazing. Yes. And no concept of, you know, the whole innovator's mindset behind it and the process that's being taught. Um, and also, you know, their skills that they're learning, but we invest hours upon hours with our staff, um, you know, leading into camp and training them and making sure that while still keeping camp unbelievably fun, they are also um, focused on this entire mindset practice. Exactly. And it is fun. And I think that's what the kids go home with the feeling of, I had a really fun day. We got to play and we got to build and we got to, you know, do all these things. But at the same time, as a parent who's investing money into going to these camps, um, that they're also learning the mindsets. They're also learning education. They're also learning teamwork. They're learning leadership. You know, they're learning all these things. So as a parent, you feel pretty good about the money you're spending on sending your kids there. And then your kids are happy because, you know, they had so much fun for the day and, you know, they got to go, you know, through the tunnel and all those things that, that they look forward to. Um, so it's a win-win really for the child and the parent, which, you know, really is, <laughs> I mean, you can't say that about everything. And I feel like you encompass that with your camps. Um, and, and, and speaking of leadership, going back to what our topic is for the day, um, that at Gal Galileo Camps, you not only teach it, you encourage it, and then you also practice it. And I think just in general, that is so important to have those three layers when it comes to, um, you know, raising our kids to, to, to take a stand and to be a leader. And I know you mentioned teamwork and I know, you know, it's always good. I know on like a job applications, I'm sure you've done the same where you get a, a question on the job application that says, you know, can you work well as a leader or can you work well in a group or a, a, as a team? Um, but I feel like there's always been a distinguished difference between either you're a leader or you're a team player. <laughs> can you explain a little when it comes to the teamwork at Galileo? Um, you know, is there someone, maybe a, a team leader that's in charge or do they kind of all have equal space in that team environment during some of those projects? You know, I think some of that really depends on the age group. Um, sure. And and so, you know, of course, as the kids get into the older groups, you often have somebody that wants to be kind of take a more leadership role. And what can be really interesting to see is the dynamics for other kids who actually feel relief, like, great, I, you know, this may not be a project that's in my, you know, sweet spot. And this, you know, other camper is going to help us be successful. And how nice that is and how it, how it translates into the outside world world when we all have strengths, but when we're in those, opera, you know, moments of like, gosh, it could really be great to have someone leading us through this process, you know, to have that person in your life. Um, and we, in something new this year that we've added to Galileo, um, because we really think, you know, leadership and 
um, working with the kids as they get older is our you know CIT program, which is intended to naturally provide kind of a you know older camper um, to be helping with some of the younger groups and still experiencing the fun of camp. Um, but, you know, as, and I know that for my boys, this was a real thing as they got to be, you know, closer to middle school, their camp experience, my oldest clearly was like, mom, I want to be a CIT. And he wanted to do it two years early, but he was so excited to right. you know, be able to help the kids and, you know, be a part of that like growing team, which, you know, really helps them get ready for work um, and understanding there's, a, there's some responsibility and how does it feel to have some of that responsibility um, and kind of a stepping stone before having to just take on the it's your job and you're independent. And so we've added that program up to 10th graders. Um, and often, you know, what we see are some of our best camp directors in the future are those that have attended Galileo camps in the past. So, Absolutely. you know, for us, it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I love, I mean, I feel like kids really respond. I know at, at my daughter's elementary school, they have like the fifth graders, um, you know, or reading buddies or, you know, they have different roles, uh, leadership roles to help the the smaller ones, the kindergartners, the first graders, et cetera. And those, and they really look up to those fifth graders, you know, and I can see the same thing happening at Galileo with, you know, the CITs and, and helping and being supportive of the, of the younger ones. Um, and that does really um, let them practice those leadership skills for the future. And again, can be applied to so many things, you know, whether it's um, college, um, you know, the workplace, I mean, all sorts of things on how to be a leader. And I know we're, I want to ask you at the end, um, some ideas of, of ways kids can maybe be leaders in their own community. But first, um, you mentioned how these will be really good camp leaders one day. Um, so when you pick your camp leaders, how do you determine who is a good fit to be a camp leader? Um, you know, what type of leadership skills do you look for when, when you hire your camp leaders? That's a great question. And since we're like, we're in, we're in it right now. Oh, I bet. <laughs> um, you know, we really um, want to focus on, we call it the Galitudes. Um, so Galileo attitude. Um, but what I would say, you know, what I will share with, with the um, listeners here is, you know, somebody that has joined the team. I have never seen a group of people so committed to the positive experience that these children are going to have at camp. I mean, it is a responsibility that is just taken so seriously, but with such a fun, of course, you know, the, a fun mindset. And so we really look for educators, we look for artists, we look for um, engineers in our community, you know, that are interested in working with kids over the summer. Um, our um, staff, you know, the staff at camp goes through 20 plus hours of training and two in-person retreats. Yay for being back in person in 2020. Um, two in-person retreats prior to starting the season. Um, and, you know, really because the curriculum is such that it takes that long to get them trained on how to understand each one of the activities for each one of the themes every week and that full commitment. Um, but we also look for people with, you know, big, sunny, fun um, personalities, you know, that will wear the rubber chicken hat and a tutu and make sure that it feels silly and joyful um, for the kids at camp, um, because that really is, 
you know, when we talk with our parents and their children, they want to come away from camp having had fun. And so we make sure that we focus on, you know, people that are highly educated, but also really into a great fun experience at summer. I love that. And of course, as a play therapist, I, I love the playful component um, and lowering sometimes uh, an adult's inhibitions to be playful and, you know, not just for themselves. It feels so freeing and so good to do that, but also for the kids, because you can tell if someone's not into it and you can tell when someone is. And I think finding the people that are do make it more enjoyable for the kids and it makes it more, you know, play based and playful and fun which uh, again is, is, you know, such a, such a big part of your camp. So um, I love that. And at the end, we're going to share with everybody, um, you know, where they can sign up kind of, you know, what the themes are, you know, what States that you they can look in, we already talked about the ages, but before we do, my last question for you is what are some ways that you can recommend for kids to be leaders in their own home, maybe their community or even their school? What are some things, again, going back to encouraging kids to take that first step and to be a leader, but um, what are some concrete examples that you can suggest um, for parents today? Yeah, so I would say in the home, you know, it's really, I I love the idea of taking on projects in the home from a leadership perspective. And um, really, it's, you know, changing the conversation around whether it be chores or whether it be, you know, an activity with a purpose um, that parents can, you know, offer that up to children as a way to say, this is yours to do. Um, give a little bit of freedom for how that, you know, project chore, um, you know, activity gets accomplished and then be able to come back to it and, you know, assess, you know, how, how did it go and wh- what was the project like and what did you, you know, how did you get to the place where you feel like the project is complete and is it complete? And I, from a very, you know, busy mom perspective, know that that can't happen every single day, probably in most households. Um, But when you can take some moment, if it's once a week or once a month and, you know, allow the kids the freedom to experiment um, in a way that's really safe for them and then be able to give feedback, I think that is a really natural encourager of leadership. Um, And I think, you know, out in the community, one of the best ways to get kids to feel like they're, you know, on their way to being a leader is truly introducing them, you know, in the community. Um, I think that there's oftentimes I find that, you know, talking to your server at the restaurant, having a conversation with the person in the grocery store, you know, helping them understand that they have a voice really builds confidence early and gives them that sense of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, this is normal and natural for me to want to go talk to somebody that I may not know that isn't, you know, in my immediate family, but helps them understand that the community at large is a great place to be engaged in. And I think that that is just the very first step. And sometimes, you know, we don't we don't encourage enough engagement out in the community for them to feel comfortable later in life going and engaging in a, in a new, more adult way. Exactly. Such great examples. Um, even um, as you were talking, my mind was spinning of different ways I can help even engage my daughter, who's you know only in second grade right now, but still at the age where she is starting to want to order her own food at a restaurant or you know do things like that, and to to be able to encourage that um, and and give her that um, that autonomy to do that, I think is is very important. Um, again, early on um, to teach kids, you know earlier, as soon as you can, you know, um, I think it is really a a great way to build that leadership as they grow. 
Um, so let's talk real quick. I know we're almost out of time, but I really want to um, just share with everyone um, who's listening, uh, you know, if they want to look into Galileo camps uh, for their kids this summer. Um, again, we mentioned it's pre-K through 10th grade. Um, if you could share real quick um, the themes of the summer camps this year and possibly the location so they know if, if, if they're going to be close to one, um, you know, just the states that you're in um, and some of the themes this year, um, that would be great. Absolutely. So the themes for summer 2022 are amusement park adventure, castle quest, and dinosaur dig, all filled with really fun age-appropriate projects. Um, I was looking at an art project in the dinosaur dig this morning that was so sweet. They built the dinosaur and created a nest with the dinosaur egg and had a scene where they were protecting the egg. And so the engagement um, is, you know, I think kids will be really excited. I know an amusement park adventure, one of the groups is actually going to build a ride, um, something that my 12-year-old would be so excited to work on. So those are our three projects. Um, And Galileo um, has um, just over 70 locations. So growing, we're in, you know, all the Northern California, primarily focused in the Bay Area. Uh, So Marin to San Jose. Um, We're in Southern California, Los Angeles, Orange County, and San Diego. Um, We are also in Chicago. And then we've got two new um, areas that we have locations. We've got two locations in Seattle um, and two locations in the Washington, D.C. metro area. So super excited to be growing um, this year. And all of the information about camp um, can be found on our website, which is galileo-camps.com. Oh, wonderful. And just to let everyone know, um, as a working mom, this is really important for me, um, especially since, you know, sometimes I have early meetings, sometimes late meetings um, and whatnot. But um, will you tell everyone the times that are um, that are the camp times? And then I know you have a special program uh, where kids can be dropped off for a little bit of an extra expense um, earlier in the morning and later uh, can be picked up later in the evening. If you would just share that for um, any parents that might need that out there. Yeah, so we are camp is every day from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, and then for you know parents that need a little bit of extra time, uh, we do offer extended care um, beginning at 8 a.m. and then it goes until 6 p.m. Uh, we did actually lower our extended care pricing this year, so it's less expensive than it's been in the past. I'm a huge believer of, you know, being able to bring some value to working parents that need that support. And if we can be that for them, then that's, you know, that's where we want their child to be. Um, And we also have, we call it the after party in the afternoon. So it's a a fun afternoon of programming, um, more structured than, you know, what I would call daycare. And so the kids continue to work on projects and arts and crafts and be able to have outside time and, you know, do some fun activities, which um, sometimes can be, you know, a concern for parents. Absolutely. And I know um, they can sign up for as many weeks as they want, multiple weeks, but I know um, the weeks change, uh, the themes change each week. And so parents will generally sign up for one week at a time, correct? Or at least um, to know that the amusement park week is one week, the dinosaur dig is a different week. And so when you go on the Galileo website, website, you can look at the calendar to see if you want just one particular week and one particular theme, or if you want multiple, if you want to do all three themes, you can sign up for three weeks. Um, But I just want to make sure everyone knew that 
that, you know, it's not like you sign your kid up for the entire summer. You can, <laughs> you absolutely can. Um, but it can also just be one week at a time or, you know, a couple weeks if you want to do each of the themes um, as well. And you also have um, some financial um, help for maybe some people that may not be able to afford it. Um, you have a program for that as well, correct? We do. We do. So you can sign up. It's one week at a time. We'd love it if you joined us for more than one week. Um, and we do offer a discount if you sign up for more than one week. And so that you can find that information on the website as well. Um, and something that I'm you know, really proud to be a part of as part of the Galileo community is our scholarship program. Um, this year, we will um, award 5,000 scholarships across all of our, you know, camps to make sure that we are bringing Galileo to as many children as possible. This will continue to be a core part of our mission going forward in an area of our business that we'd like to grow. Um, but for those that would like to attend Galileo and may need some assistance, you can um, apply online. Um, again, at our website, GalileoCamps.com. Um, and it's a pr pretty easy, seamless um, process. Wonderful. I love that you do that. I love that's part of your core mission. Um, wow, 5,000 scholarships. I think that's just truly incredible. So thank you for that. And I also have a code for everybody today. Um, if you want to sign up um, to do Camp Galileo, um, you can use Parentologist15 and you'll get 15% off. Um, the code is good through May 31st, 2022. So again, Parentologist15, you'll get 15% off. Um, you know, just go to the website, check out your area. Area, see where the camps are located. You can see which weeks fit into your calendar um, based on the different themes and whatnot. Um, I know my kids are super excited about all the themes. Um, it was really hard for them to pick this year. Um, I think we're going to do the amusement park theme. I think that's when they both, because they, my, my son really wanted the dinosaur dig. <laughs> my daughter really wanted the amusement park, but I, I said they had to agree on, on which one they wanted to do. So they both said the amusement park. So very much looking forward to that. Um, they're very excited. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for your wisdom on leadership and everything that Camp Galileo is doing for um, kids in the leadership realm. Um, but again, just thank you for your time and all your wisdom on that. Great. It was a really a pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.